Today on episode 112 of the Home of Play podcast, Sony's variable refresh rate support for PS5 is rolling out this week. Sony confirms it has stopped PlayStation Plus users stacking their memberships. And Ubisoft is reportedly attracting buyout interest. All that and much more. Back for another week. Let's get some intro. Happy Monday and welcome home, everyone. Welcome back to episode 112 of the Home of Play podcast. For every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steve, and with me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you enjoy your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the local political representatives about the show and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing. It's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com. And then we can read your questions on the show or alone private while we discuss Supermassive's horror game, The Quarry, and all 186 possible endings. But before all that, I say we should talk about what we did last week. And as always, we will start with you, Christopher. Sounds good to me. I have been playing Dying Light 2 far too much this week. Uh, I have finished the game as of last night. Um, Haven't gotten the platinum yet. Uh, I am going to go for it. Uh, I'm doing the grind section of that now. Uh, There's a lot of collectibles in the game, like 220 plus collectibles. Uh, So I'm having to, I I could be one of those people that just goes out and tries to find them, but I'm not. I'm going to use a guide to try to find all the collectibles. Uh, So I'm chipping away at that. Most of the combat related achievements I've gotten. Um, What else? Some of the grindy ones, like there's a couple of tricks for getting a million gold. I did that already. Because um, by the time you finish the game, at best, maybe you've earned like half a mil. So there's a trick where you could constantly sell your stuff and buy it back. Uh, and it still counts as earning income. Uh, so that's a kind of neat trick to get a million gold. Um, so other than that, yeah, I just got to get the collectibles and do some of the online co-op stuff, which hopefully won't be too much of an issue i hate playing story related stuff with random people so hopefully it'll go smooth i only have to get 100 kills with two people in the game so hopefully like i said it'll be easy to get but my opinion of the game it's it's not high i'll be honest it was high like 50 percent of the way through but at that point i i just didn't care anymore about the story didn't care about the characters it just wasn't grabbing me. The gameplay was what was fun, other than some of the technical issues. Um, so for me, I would say this game is like maybe a 6 out of 10. Um, you, A lot of people could get a lot of hours out of it. I know, I think some of the articles we initially read about it were like 250 hours of gameplay. I, I don't see it. I mean, I was skipping a lot of conversations at the end of the game, and I could see where that would be where the time would definitely come from, but I still don't think it'd be 250 hours worth. It would be a lot, though, because there's a lot of dialogue. Um, But yeah, it was just too many fetch quests, and I I think from what I've heard from people is the first one is better or more enjoyable, so I think I would probably like that one more. Am I going to go back to it at this point? I don't think so, Um, but whatever. I'll finish it. I'll get the platinum. I'll delete it. Um, some of the bugs that we talked about in the previous weeks, I think have been squashed because there was another update this, this week that happened. They added new game plus mode and a couple other things, a couple side quests. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm just kind of ready for it to be done with it and try to figure out what I want to move on to next. Uh, on PC, I played a couple other small things. I started the vanishing of Ethan Carter. That was a free game off of Epic. Seems like it's only like a five hour, like good storyline type of thing played for maybe an hour and a half i'm enjoying it it's kind of got like an investigative trying to figure out what happened um and figure out the storyline with these puzzles and stuff which is kind of i like that sort of stuff um played another free epic game called barony with a couple friends kind of like a 
like graphically it looks almost like minecraft sort of maybe a little bit smoother than that and then you just kind of go into these randomly generated dungeons and just try to get deeper and deeper in the dungeon trying to get loot and gear lots of different classes and stuff it's actually quite fun i'm looking forward to getting back into it we had one time where i was laughing so much i think i was in tears you like every time you go down a floor you start like in a a room with just a, one exit and I, we were kind of exchanging loot to each other. I was giving him like a spell book. And uh, one of my buddies, he went to pick up the spell book and you hear a trap get triggered. And it's like, you know, the trap's not in the room you're in because those rooms are safe, right? But you could hear it's one of the uh, rolling ball type of traps. And it's like, okay, maybe a monster triggered a trap because they could do that too. All of a sudden, the front door bursts down and the ball crushes at my buddy. I was like, what? <laughs> it was just... It was hilarious. It didn't make sense, but it was one of the funniest experiences. We were just laughing our ass off. It was so funny. So that's pretty much been my gaming week. Uh, I'm now off for a couple of days, so maybe I'll get a little bit more in. Try to get Dying Light done, and then who knows what, maybe Elden Ring or something. Uh, maybe something small. I got a couple of smaller games I want to finish too. So that's pretty much been my gaming week. How about yourself, Steve? Did you get into any more Elden Ring or anything else? Persona 5 Royal? Yeah, I was the whole week was spent uh whatever free time I got, which wasn't a plethora, but um whatever free time I got, I was using on Elden Ring again, just working on the new character. Surprisingly realize how small the game really is when you know what to do and you're not wasting your time with like mini dungeons. Uh so I'm already quite a bit near the end. Um I only have like a handful of bosses left, so uh you know I might be switching games real soon. I did get to play with a friend again. It's the first time I've gotten to play with a friend in a while. Um, and the, it just brought up a few questions with me. I, you know, since all these patches have been coming out, I'm starting to wonder, did they make multiplayer even harder? Like, it's just interesting when you're playing with a friend in areas and, uh, this particular friend was, uh, a lot higher level than I was. So he was definitely decimating a lot of the enemies. Uh, that would normally be quite hard uh, where I'm at. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But then we go to a boss and suddenly he's doing like no damage. The boss has like a insane amount of health. And I believe I've talked about this uh, a month ago when the game first came out, but it almost seems like, and this could just be my imagination. I, I don't have enough uh, information to like prove my thesis here, but it does kind of seem like in some of the patches they might've made, it even harder like there's just certain bosses that shouldn't be that hard and all of a sudden when a friend comes in you almost don't want to do any of the bosses with a friend anymore or at least that's my impression I, I feel like i've even and the same thing happened i went in my original character to help him with some bosses he was having a problem with and they're just so much harder than i remember when i fought them like I, one boss in particular i was able to just because of like my build and where i was at I was able to kill him in honestly under a minute. It was one of the easiest bosses I had. But when I went into his game and it was the two of us, it was, it just felt like a totally different boss fight. And we died probably like six times in a row. So yeah, anyway, uh, I don't have to spend too much time with Elden Ring. Like it's more Elden Ring. I'm having a good time. Um, I do think I'm getting the feeling now that I'm finally done with it. I think I've had, you know, my o over a hundred hours in that world. And it's time to find something else. I just don't know what it's going to be. You know, I feel like that's always the question every week for me. So enough about my week. I think it's time we get into some news. So we're going to start with the smaller articles from last week and get through those in hopefully a reasonable time. So Chris, we're going to start with Fallen Fantasy 16 boss reveals the game is nearing completion in a clothing store magazine. This one comes from Destructoid. Uh, basically, people walked in. There was a magazine in a clothing store. And in that magazine, there's an article where there's an interview done and the current boss for the Final Fantasy 16 uh, is quoted in that interview saying, currently development on the latest title, Final Fantasy 16, is in the final stretch. As a single player game, Final Fantasy 16 aims to unify the story and gameplay experience. Unlike online games, which portrays multiple players at once, Final Fantasy 16 has an individual focus, which makes the story more immersive. And I think that the story has become quite deep. My hope is that the adults who have grown up understand the rules of society and drifted away from Fall Fantasy thinking the real world isn't as easy as a video game. Can remember the enthusiasm they had back then. 
that's what we're keeping in mind as we make this game. So that is a smorgasbord of just randomness, in my opinion. I don't know about you, Chris. It just seems like he's just saying things for the sake of saying them. And could be. I mean, I I, I think I kind of get where he's coming from with the like the the people who have grown up up type thing. It's like a lot of the more recent Final Fantasies haven't hit as well as some of the older ones. So if they're trying to like kind of bring back that old type of feeling you get from those older games, maybe, maybe that's a good thing because I know like, what was it? Uh, 15 was definitely unique and did not, I don't think it hit well with the Final Fantasy community. Like people in general, they like the game, but it's not like this doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy story. So mm-hmm. I, if they're trying to go back to the roots, which is what hopefully what they're trying to say, then that could be good. Yeah, it could be good. I, I don't know. I'm just looking at this and, you know, he talks about how Fallen Fantasy is like immersive story, single player. And I'm like, yes, it's a mainline Fallen Fantasy. Yeah, all like, Fallen Fantasies are like that other than Yeah, the- I was like, are you... Like, are you intentionally talking to people that you assume never played a Fallen Fantasy? Yeah. Or, you know, is he concerned that Fallen Fantasy 14 has more namesake than, like, the mainline ones? You know, I, I don't know. So then maybe does he think people have this perception that Fallen Fantasy 14 is multiplayer? They must all be multiplayer? Yeah. I, I don't know. It just seems... It just... The quote's very off-putting to me. But, you know, whatever. I think what we need to take away here is... You know, he thinks it's in the final stretch. I hope it is. It's square, though. I try to just put my head down, you know, honestly, when it, they start talking about release dates and understand that nothing about release dates with square is concrete. So hopefully they're correct, though. So anyway, we're just going to move on. Supermassive's horror game, The Quarry, will have 186 different endings. This one comes from VG247. The Quarry, the upcoming narrative horror game from Supermassive Games, will have multiple endings. And when we say multiple, well, we really mean 186. Each ending will depend upon choices you make in the game with the non-playable characters. These endings could result in life or death as the story will change depending on said choices, all of which are included in a thousand-page script. Uh, The game is set to release on June 10th. I suspect they don't mean... 186 individual endings i i feel like they mean like you're going to get an ending where it's going to show you maybe like the outcome for like eight of them at the same time you know what i mean like this person's ending this person's ending this person's ending so i i think probably true i don't think it means you're going to have 186 playthroughs but you'll probably see like six or eight of the 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 ending clips Mm. per ending type thing that's what i suspect i don't know about you yeah, I I agree with you. I feel like this is one of those they're they're skewing in a way that you kind of like when you brought up you were already talking about Dying Light Two. It's like I remember they were like, oh yeah, it's got five hundred hours of playability, and it's like mm, okay, man, like really, yeah, really. And then they had to come back and be like, well, you could beat it in forty, but yada yada yada. Yeah. And I feel like this is the same. You're probably right. They're probably meaning like every minuscule change, which won't really change the main ending yeah but technically it's like okay you did that one thing different your you character know. has the axe on his some... back uh, yeah. in one ending but in I... this ending he's got a, a baseball bat <laughs> i feel it'll be something like that but... well heavy rain was like that too because heavy rain had like four endings for every ending that you had if you know what i mean like you would mm-hmm. get to see the four outcomes every single time so i think if i recall it was like there was 36 or something potential endings but it's, you get four at a time depending on the choices for each character. So I suspect this is very similar. I will say, like, the good news is I feel like I'm more interested in this one. I feel like this has a better chance of actually being what I want them to do. I hope so. And not so much the uh, Dark Line yeah. or Dark Pictures anthology series. Yeah. So, you know, with this supposedly this many endings, it could mean it's, you know, quite customizable experience, which would be welcomed edition hopefully the endings are impactful though that's the thing is you, you can yeah, you can boast 186 endings but where 180 <laughs> of them are just shitty endings like mm-hmm. I, I that's what i hope for. <laughs> it's like it's just trip on a rock and it just kills your character You're like <laughs> are you serious <laughs> you never fed your character throughout the story he died <laughs> yeah 
you didn't remember to pack your tent. You froze to death. <laughs> it's like, what? That's so severe. So anyway, we'll move on to another quick story. Skull and Bones leak technical test footage shows off battles, customization, exploration, and more. This one comes from VG247. And uh, I'm going to sum it up like this. Leak footage was posted on Reddit, and you can go find it yourself if you're interested in this game. Uh, it shows off quite a bit. And yeah, you know what? I just, I'm not too interested myself. I watched a little bit of it. I'm happy to see it's more than, you know, it was originally intended to be. You know, I think when they first revealed this, what feels like a hundred years ago, it was just going to be a simple like ships on ship with no depth whatsoever. Nobody was quite interested. And then it went silent for a while. And it sounds like this is the reason they definitely have been doing extra work in secret and uh i'm a little sad like it does seem like they did i don't, I don't know if this is going to be successful or not you know i have no interest in it but it feels like they have put the work in so i'm a little sad for the team that they didn't get a big re-reveal but at the same time i mean they've been working on this game so long i'm surprised more hasn't leaked yeah i don't have too much to say about this one uh i'm you know me i'm open to everything uh so i'm i'm, I'm interested in that sense I know I have some buddies who are still playing Sea of Thieves, so if this is a game that's better and will pull them away from that one and maybe meet me somewhere in the middle with this one, I'd be willing to try it out. Uh, I haven't seen the footage myself, but uh, whatever. I'm interested. We'll see where it goes. Okay, moving forward. Sony confirms that it has stopped PlayStation Plus users stacking their membership. This one comes from IGN. Sony has confirmed that it has stopped PS Plus and PS Now code stacking for existing members prior to the new PlayStation Plus launch. The new information can be found on a recently updated PS Plus FAQ page. One of the new FAQ sections reads, As we prepare to launch the new PlayStation Plus membership service, we are doing some work behind the scenes to make the transition as smooth as possible for all of our existing members. As part of this work, we've temporarily disabled stacking memberships for existing customers until after the launch. So not much that we didn't expect, I think, coming from this. Um, for, yeah. for me, I do have a stacked membership currently uh, because uh, like in some of the articles suggest, sometimes those things go on sale, especially at like Costco, uh, and then I'll order a couple and then use them. I suspect I'm not affected because it was already added ahead of time. Um, yeah. This would be probably preventative in the sense that I couldn't add another one if I tried now. So... Yeah. I, I whatever I, this is this just makes sense to me um the only reason i would stack it like i say because it was on sale and it's just convenient to just do that but i i wasn't doing it in the sense that i'm trying to get like a deal because of the new memberships coming in place so no this is yeah. good protect yourself like it sounds good yeah no i'm a, i'm okay with it as well i don't think i have anything stacked i mean because of the way this, like when the service is rolling out, like I think I'll have a few months, you know, in there, but I honestly don't care. I'm just going to pay yeah. and it's fine. I mean, you, Chris, like, I think you'll make out pretty good. Like, um, from my understanding, they basically announced that if you have, uh, this, you know, PlayStation plus currently, uh, and if it goes into the future, I think they give you essentials actually for the equal amount. So you'll have, that and then if you want premium, you just have to pay the difference apparently. But sold, it won't be a lot of difference, right? Because the essential is higher than technically yeah. just the normal base, right? Yeah. So, uh, you'll be yeah, you'll be doing real good. Me not so much, but again, I don't. It's twelve dollars a month or something. Yeah, or even it's like less. the price it's difference is like deal. how much. Yeah. Uh, like really, how much am I losing out by doing that? Right. Yeah. So I, I'm not too concerned and. You know, and again, we're at a place where we don't even know what's coming out, so it's hard for me to, you know, I get excited, but then I, I remember to, like, temper my expectations. And You've been hurt before. I've been hurt so many times. Speaking of hurt, we're going to move on to Sonic games that are being delisted ahead of Sonic Origins release. This one comes from IGN. So me and Chris have been, you know, I would say dancing around talking about Sonic because I don't think we're big Sonic fans, but I don't think we're doing a service to the people that listen that might actually care about Sonic. But anyway, there's a Sonic Origins game coming and it's a re enhanced edition. 
that has Sonic 1, 2, 3, Knuckles, and a Sonic CD game all available in there. People were really happy initially at the reveal of this. And even myself, like, I, I'm not going to play it. I am never going to play it. But I'm not against Sonic either. I like him as a character. He's, you know, he's nostalgic. I, I have no, like, ill will towards Sonic and his friends. You know, I, it looked great. And then, <laughs> you know, then uh, Sega got us tripping on their own feet here. And they started telling people, well, I can read it here, but... Uh, Apparently, Sonic Origins will include a mirror mode, boss rush mode, music library, difficulty missions, and more. But apparently, to get all those, you'll have to pre-order the digital deluxe edition, or you have to piecemeal it together through DLC, which many Sonic fans weren't happy about. And yeah, they listed this whole picture of how to get all the content, and it's, you know, headache-inducing, to say the least. So then on top of that, I guess they decided to make everyone even more upset, and they announced that, yeah, Sega's delisting individual versions of the included classic Sonic games from the digital storefront in anticipation of the Sonic Origins. So Sonic announced in a press release that Sonic Hedgehog 1, 2, Sonic 3, and Knuckles Sonic CD will not be available as standalone titles, as they will be part of Sonic Origins, which compiles the Blue Blur's earliest adventures in one collection. So what everyone loves to see, right? Just like GTA did. Uh, I can't remember the game that did it before them. Warcraft 3. Oh, yes. Yeah. So there you go. They're just... They're learning from the best. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're just taking uh, the notes from the people who have been successful that have done it before. Oh, wait. That never happened. Um, (laughs) You know, like, I, I don't know. This just seems so... It's just... Why? Like, why do you have to do this? Like... Even just from, I can imagine there's got to be people out there that are very nostalgic and they want the original and maybe they just want the original, like let them buy that still. Like, why does it matter? I, I get it's a sales thing uh, and they just want to be like, no, you got to buy this new thing if you want those. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why again. And then, yeah, you make the argument. It's like now you're forcing them to buy the bulk collection. Maybe they only want Sonic 2. Maybe that's their favorite one. No, not anymore. Yeah, and no, if this comes out broken, man, oh, there's going to be way more upset yeah. people online. I don't know why they do this sort of thing. I mean, the reason to get this should be that you're playing a more optimized version of the original game. So it's like, it doesn't mean I should stop selling the standalone versions of the original game. That should still be an option. But it's like, maybe just advertise better instead of delisting the old ones and say, hey, those other games, they've been optimized and now you can get them all in one package here. But, like, don't force people to pick that optimized package because, you know, it's you're making them go through all these hoops to purchase this thing with the digital deluxe edition, DLC, all that crap. It's like, I don't understand why they just can't. Some people want to play the original classic. Let's be honest. There's people who want, want that. And you're forcing them now to play a remastered version of the game that, like you said, if it has bugs or is glitchy or something, there's going to be a freaking riot. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This is definitely a misstep. It was a misstep for the other companies. It's still a misstep. They got to get their heads on straight with this crap. Yeah, hopefully they figure it something, but unfortunately, I doubt it. So, anyway, we'll just keep going. Okay, this one's sort of an update of what we've talked about in the past couple weeks. The variable refresh rate support for PS5 is rolling out this week. Uh, More information, obviously, on PlayStation Blog, but we're going to go over the highlights. Today, we're excited to announce that Variable Refresh Rate, VRR for short, support will start rolling out globally to PS5 players this week. On HDMI 2.1 VRR-compatible TVs and PC monitors, VRR dynamically syncs the refresh rate of the display to the PlayStation 5 console's graphical output. This enhances visual performance for PS5 games by minimizing or eliminating visual artifacts such as frame pacing issues and screen tearing. Gameplay in many PS5 titles feels smoother as scenes render seamlessly, graphics look crisper, and input lag is reduced. Previously released PS5 games can be fully optimized for VRR through a game patch and future games may include VRR support at launch. In the coming weeks, the PS5 versions of these games that I will list uh, shortly right now uh, we'll be receiving game patches enabling the VRR support uh, I believe within the coming weeks which is what I said earlier Astro's Playroom 
Call of Duty Vanguard, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Deathloop, Destiny 2, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, Dirt 5, Godfall, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered, and Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, and Tribes of Midgard. I'm happy to report that I have a good amount of those games. Will I go back to play some of them? Some of them. I've been having the urge to going back to playing Resident Evil Village, but I think at this point I'm probably just waiting for the whatever the DLC or expansion that comes out for it. It'll probably be DLC. Mm. Uh, Deathloop still installed. I want to do that one at some point. Maybe we'll see. So that seems like a rather... It seems like a small list, but it's definitely highlighting a lot of the major titles. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm happy for this. It took I'm, too long. I'm, but. I'm happy. Yeah, it took way too long. But, you know, I am happy regardless. It, it's finally out. We can all celebrate. Um, and I hope those that have been waiting for this go and take advantage of it. It's a small list of games, but I do assume more will patch it later. And obviously games coming in the near future will probably include this. Obviously not all of them, but I would say the ones that are definitely aiming for next gen uh, would probably, they'd be silly not to consider. Uh, so for me, I look at the list and like the Spider-Mans uh, definitely shine out of this list. And I'll, that's probably the one I'll most likely try again, just to be like, hey, what is this going to look like? Again, I should probably preface this uh, and said, uh, you know, my TV does support this. I have HDMI 2.1 uh, OLED LG TV. So, uh, I've kind of been, yeah, I've been waiting for this for a while. Cause not, I don't, I feel like some games, you know, in this list, especially, I don't think a lot of them need it, no. but I think resident evil village could probably, uh, could use it. Ratchet and clank. I know they had a work around. They did their own version. of This almost is kind of interesting how they did it. So I'm not surprised to see them on the list. Um, and then the other ones, yeah, I don't know. I, I've heard some people say Devil May Cry kind of needs it, so, uh, I, I don't know. I've never played it myself, but I've heard that. But yeah, either way, welcome to Edition, and, uh, let's move forward with Disney Life Sim Adventure game Dreamlight Valley announced. This one comes from VGC. Disney and developer Gameloft have announced Disney Dreamlight Valley, a new free-to-play life simulation adventure game. According to its official website, Disney Dreamlight Valley challenges players to restore a once idyllic village ruined by a mysterious event called The Forgetting. You'll need to build relationships with the cast of Disney and Pixar heroes and villains to uncover their lost memories and solve the mysteries of the valley. Uh, all while making your mark on the land by customizing your dream village and bringing out your Disney style or Pixar adoration with your avatar. The game is set to release in 2023 for Nintendo Switch, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, PC, and Mac. But yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot to say. You know, I don't think this is aimed for us, Chris, but, you know, it's something that I'm, like, curious about. Like, if there's more information delivered later, I'll, like, watch the trailers, you know, whatever. But, I, you know, just looking at this, I'm like, yeah, this probably isn't meant for me, but it's neat i i don't mind like town building in a disney yeah. world it, it it you know it pulls on the kingdom hearts uh strings a little but kingdom hearts and then a little bit of the like stardew valley type thing so just by you know managing and all that stuff mm. managing your property the place the city what was that one playstation game dark cloud that was uh, that was it dark cloud where you had to like find all the buildings were like stored in objects and then you had to like reposition the town and like people would be giving you suggestions like oh i like being next to the well so there's like an optimal positioning of the town I'm not sure if this game will have something like that but hey it's the right price free so yeah well i'll probably check it out we'll see might be an easy platinum if there is a platinum <laughs> i don't think we need to spend more time on that one so we'll just carry forward okay this is just a short one the playstation plus games for may have been announced uh they include fifa 22 for PS5, PS4, Tribes of Midgard, PS4, and PS5, and Curse of the Dead Gods for PS4. Not much to say about this. Uh, I know I've looked at Tribes of Midgard a couple times. Didn't pull the trigger on that, so maybe I'll try that one out. Curse of the Dead Gods, I'm not familiar with. I'd have to look it up. And then FIFA 22, 
I was talking, I think, with you and maybe a couple other people about that one. Obviously, that's very targeted for a very specific audience. And my feelings are that very specific audience probably already owns FIFA 22 because they're fans. So I suspect this is only beneficial for like the few people who just didn't have the money to get FIFA 22. Uh, which is would be surprising to me with how much money those people spend on microtransactions that they couldn't afford FIFA 22. But it is what it is. So, yeah, like Chris said, not much here. We're going to move on to rumor. PS Plus premiums, PS1, PS2, PSP games have started to leak. This one comes from Push Square. It looks like PS Plus premium games are starting to leak through the PS Store. As pointed out on Reddit, assets for two games have popped up on Sony's storefront, which are Tekken 2 on the P- from PS1 and Ridge Racer 2 on the PSP. Uh, additionally, after this article is written, they also discovered the PS1 title Mr. Driller has now been discovered, and then after that, they've found uh, PS1 titles Worms Armageddon and Worms World Party have also been listed. So, you know, not a lot of games listed, obviously, not a major leak by any stretch of imagination, but, you know, there you go. You're going to start seeing some of these games I guess for me, out of the, what we have, I'm like, okay, Tekken 2, I'd probably play again. I'm already but... sold Worms Armageddon, man. I have so many hours in that game. Not on PlayStation 1, on PC, so now I can yeah, play it on I the would, other way. <laughs> I would probably play, like, I I have nostalgia for Worms as well, Ooh. so I would probably play that with you if there's an online component. That was the very good one. I, not that they were all bad or anything, but that was the better yeah. one. But either way, we look forward to hearing more, but we'll move forward. Hideo Kojima tweets suggests he is working on a PS5 game. This one comes from BGC. Veteran developer Hideo Kojima could be working on a PlayStation 5 game. A new image which shows off a development kit suggests. Tweeted by Kojima, the image shows what is presumably Kojima Productions' new home. In the background, it is possible to see what is clearly a PlayStation 5 development kit. While it could be a holdover from Death Stranding, it appears to be connected up, implying it's currently in development use. So not much to go on there, but I mean, like, it's weird that it's even an article because it's like, I would assume he's working on something <laughs> like, like, no, he's just on the whole company is on vacation. They're not working on any games. They're just maintaining Death Stranding. So I think the clickbait of the article is that, you know, the rumors are constantly coming out that he's supposed to be working on an Xbox, an Xbox game, one, yeah. an, an Xbox exclusive game, but then he... You know, I believe there was a few weeks ago, he posted an image where he's using one of Sony's motion capturing uh, studios. Right. So that's like, a, you know, again, people are like, well, aren't you doing Xbox? Like, why would Sony let you use their thing for a competitor? Now you're seeing pictures of him. And uh, with Kojima, everything's usually intentional. So it's hard to believe he just forgot that there is a PS5 dev kit there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it just kind of seems like and who knows maybe we have heard him talk about expanding maybe he's working at two games at the same time it's not an impossibility for some companies <laughs> yeah well some just shouldn't and they do <laughs> yeah. so but anyway that's it for all the small articles so it's time to get into the meaty news uh the real news and we're going to start with star wars jedi 2 is reportedly new gen only and won't release until 2023 this one comes from vgc Venture Beat reporter Jeff Grubb made the claim Star Wars Jedi 2 is going to be new gen only, where it's PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, and then, of course, PC, Grubb said. One of those reasons that they're going to be able to do that is because it's not coming out until 2023. This game is for sure not coming out until 2023. According to Grubb, the decision to focus solely on new gen systems has some upsides because they don't have to worry about trying to straddle these generational lines. It makes it easier to just dissociate yourself with those millions of PS4s and Xbox Ones out in the world when you are in 2023 and you're going to have several months of making it very easy to get an Xbox Series X. Probably a few months before now and then when it's actually okay to get a PS5, he said. And then at the same time, you can take advantage of it and do something that feels new. Grub also claimed that EA will be dropping the Fallen Order name for the sequel and that the game will likely be shown in some sort of form in the Star Wars celebration in May, though it's not set to have its own panel. So anyway, we got a lot of stuff there, uh, you know, especially the name uh, change, but I think it kind of makes sense. I don't know if they need a Fallen Order 2. We've kind of established, you know, They've what fallen. happened in the first game. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, if you've watched the movies, They're if you've played falling. the game, you know <laughs> it's still falling. 
Uh, so yeah, we got that. And now the more interesting part is, you know, I'm, and what I'm most, I guess, excited by is, yeah, it's just going to be current gen only. Yeah. That's absolutely the way to go, especially, you know, as Grub said, you're releasing 2023. I think you can get away with it for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing we've been clamoring for, for a long time. It's like, let's move on. Let's get on to the next console. Stop making these four and five and you know, the, the old series stuff. Cause it, they honestly, they just hold you back. They do. They hold you back. Oh, so absolutely. We, like make the game like, oh, and let's be honest, the previous game looked pretty amazing when it came out on the PS4 and PC and whatnot. But I'm excited to see the, the new game. Uh, do you know what engine this game is done in? Is this a custom one or is this, this isn't unreal. Is it? No, they were. They, yeah, it is. Is it unreal? Actually. So I, yeah. another reason I'm getting excited for it. Uh, I played the original game. I didn't actually finish it uh, mostly because I think I had it with my EA pass at the time. Uh, I do have the game again and intend to go back to it at some point. But and I do also like it because it was kind of a a souls like sort of very light, but souls like style game. And uh, I don't know. I'm just excited for this. Uh, yeah, it's about time. We need to get on to the next console, guys. Let's. I know there's people out there who aren't as fortunate to get one uh like us but it's it, they're they're coming out more and more i keep hearing stories and they're they're popping up randomly they get scooped up quick those damn scalpers out there but yeah i'm i'm pretty excited yeah i mean i'm looking forward to this game i enjoyed the first one i hope they find a better synergy between you know the game they wanted to make and that souls element cuz i just feel like there is a little disconnect there i didn't enjoy everything they did to try to make their own souls like, but overall it was still enjoyable. I really do hope they have a serious conversation with um, Disney though. And, you know, talk to them about how even their own movies well, that they own now, uh, you know, these lightsabers cut off limbs, Chris, they're not like wiffle bats. I, yeah. I, that's my only issue with that game. And I know it wasn't up to them. I'm sure that was Disney being like, yeah, maybe you don't need to like decapitate everyone. But, you know, then make it an animation of, like, hands or, you know, something else. But either way, he, like, he, he, yeah. He's so accurate. He just lightly grazes them all the time. No yes. no full-on uh, smoke in them. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he has, uh, I don't even know what you call it, but he's got a fear of, of like, blood. <laughs> it's like, or anything. So he's just, like, intentionally just kind of slightly, right. like, the just heat br- from it. give him a nice... <laughs> Yeah, he's like, just give him a nice graze. Like, you put him on the barbecue for, like, just the but right But the environment, screw the environment. and cutting holes in that sucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything else. And if it's a robot, you, yeah. you, it's going it's away. Toast. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have a problem decapitating those robots. <laughs> <laughs> those poor, poor droids. They have feelings, too. Yeah, it's a fallen order for them as well. <laughs> so long. So we'll move on. Ubisoft reportedly attracting buyout interest. This one comes from gamesindustry.biz. Multiple companies are reportedly considering a takeover of major games publisher Ubisoft, which this isn't new. It's been attempted before. Uh, (laughs) According to Bloomberg, anonymous sources close to the matter say several equity firms have been studying the Assassin's Creed and Far Cry publisher. However, Bloomberg sources also clarify that Ubisoft has yet to enter any serious discussions with potential buyers whether these companies will actually make an offer and whether Ubisoft would be interested. In an email statement to Bloomberg, Ubisoft declined to comment on takeover interest, although it added it has built a strong portfolio and is well positioned to take up such opportunities. Bloomberg reports Ubisoft market value stood at $5.2 billion on Friday. Ubisoft has had a tumultuous couple of years kicked off by a wave of allegations around misconduct and sexual harassment. The publisher has since received criticism from its own employees over how it handled misconduct reports, with Chief Officer Anika Grant admitting people lost trust in the reporting process. More of interest to investors and potential buyers, however, has been the company's experimentations with blockchain and NFTs. Oh, here they come. It's been a while since we mentioned NFTs. The company is one of the few AAA publishers to explore this technology, introducing tokens into Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. It stopped producing these digital items three months later and even stipulated that leaked then formally announced upcoming multiplayer title Project Q will not feature NFTs. Oh, it's too bad for them. I guess they uh, realized that people didn't give a shit and didn't want them in their games, in their lives. (laughs) 
It's all about the metaverse now, Chris. Vomit. So not much to really talk about because there's. It's just all kind of. It's not really rumor. Like it's just that options available that they could get bought out. Um, we haven't really heard there. There was that one potential hostile takeover that happened a little while back that could have been bad or good. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we don't know. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm curious to see who would step up to buy them. They're definitely a pretty massive company. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know. Be interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. I feel like it's just, you know, years ago, like you talked about, when they were having, you know, takeover issues, they fought like hell and tried to change everything and eventually save their own company again. And now, it seems like the, they've just lost the fight and they're leaning into it and being like, you know what, actually like maybe acquire us, maybe help us because you know, s- shit has hit the fan basically. And they've ma- made multiple bad decision after bad decision. And I think they just, I honestly, I, I kind of, I would agree. I think they need help. Like, I don't know about your situation, how you perceive this Chris, but for me anyway, definitely in the last while. I just feel like Ubisoft's just, feels like it's just a mess like they're just throwing any, like we've talked about so many times they just throw everything at the wall hoping any of it sticks they're trying to find you know their little pig i guess their stuffed pig that's just going to bleed microtransaction money yeah and that's why they're trying so hard with these like quick and cheap online multiplayer games free to play kind of service and they're just yeah and they keep failing and that's not helping either and then i feel like it's hurting the properties that actually should be good like assassin's creed and you know me and you agreed like at first it seemed like we were enjoying valhalla but then when you're deep enough in you finally see the final product and you're like man no you just bloated this because you're even trying to now affect my single player games with microtransactions like you're intentionally making your games harder longer and just you're you're restricting resources just to try to entice me to pay real money to skip all that and it's like but if you have to get to that point, then you're not you're intentionally making a game like of lesser quality, you know. Like so, I don't know. Like I don't know where this is gonna go. Like obviously, Ubisoft doesn't want to talk about this too much, but you know, it. I guess in this situation, the silence is deafening, and I feel like yeah. I'm okay with this, honestly. Yeah, like I think you said it right. The games are starting to feel pretty stagnant like it's just carbon copies of the last couple games for almost every series they're doing and then yeah they tried their attempt at hyperscape the one thing that they were hoping would make them money and like i don't think ubisoft's that bad off where they need these type of microtransactions to make them money and yeah hyperscape fell through that was a, a big shot in the dark there Honestly, they, I think they just need to... And then, yeah, the, the, also, like, the allegations and stuff. I feel like we've seen stuff come out where it's, like, it looks like they are attempting to rectify those situations uh, more so than we hear from other companies, I think. So I'm hoping that it's getting better, at least. Um, and then maybe that'll make it, you know... You want happy people, right? You want happy people working for your company. That's how you make good games with good people. and happy people so if they're constantly getting you know abused by their co-workers <laughs> good people are happy good people. people are happy people right yeah but yeah i mean this could be a good thing maybe they need a, a hard reset yeah i mean if nothing else hopefully you're right maybe they just look at the situation they've got themselves into and finally decide to shake things up i think that's absolutely the most necessary thing at least yeah, and don't divide your resources too much. Like it's like I know they try to get X amount of games out every year. It's like sometimes like take that year off, take that extra year off, just really make the game good because we keep getting unfinished products. Is what we keep getting in all these games. There's like what Ubisoft game doesn't come out with so many bugs lately, and I can remember some of the early games were much better as far as the bugs go. So take the time. Okay, so we're going to go from disappointing news to more disappointing news. And Yuji Naka took Square Enix to court over unfinished Battle Wonderworld. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. 
Long-serving development icon Yuji Naka has revealed details of a dispute between himself and Square Enix over the state of Balan Wonderworld. The game launched in March last year to poor reviews, with a Metacritic score as low as 36 on Switch and peaking at 51 on PlayStation 5. Three months later, it emerged that he had left Square Enix. In a Twitter thread, he today claimed a business order removed him as the game's director around half a year before launch and that he had filed a lawsuit against Square Enix over the matter. Now that the trial is over and the business order is no longer in effect, he has shared more details. According to Google's translation of the tweets, his removal appears to be around two disputes, one concerning the use of a YouTuber to play the game music in the marketing rather than using the original score, and the other over co-developer Arzest submitting the game for release without fixing various issues. He added that games should be made by striving to make it a good game until the end and wanting game fans to enjoy it when they buy it but committed that the tight schedule was set by Square Enix's producer rather than himself. Naka also observed that game creators are often improving games right up to the last minute, citing an example from his days on the original Sonic the Hedgehog, when the game was changed to make Sonic survive any hit so long as the player had one ring in possession. In quotes, personally, I'm really sorry that I released the unfinished work Battle and Wonderworld to the world. He wrote, I wanted to think about various things and put it into proper form as an action game. I think Square Enix and Arzest are companies that don't care about games and game fans. Poof. So we ended with a very powerful quote. It's uh, a very powerful quote indeed. And uh, I have a feeling I would need to agree with him. I don't. Yep. I won't speak too much on Arzest, but from Square Enix and kind of like how we just talked about ubisoft i feel like that easily translates here to square enix and they also seem to be releasing uh a turd of a game after turd of a game and you know final fantasy 15 being one i enjoyed the most in the last while uh also came out broken unfinished uh you know it was supposed to have a companion movie to go with it and then you watch the movie play the game and you realize how much they actually had to cut out and they just didn't even like work together anymore yeah uh characters that they would introduce that uh, wouldn't show up near the end and you know i could go on in a whole episode's length about how disappointing 15 ended being only because of just the issues they had constantly with that game for whatever reason um but yeah i this kind of sucks i don't i'm not gonna sit here and say that like Wonder wonderworld was ever gonna come out and be you know game of the year i don't know if that's true or not but, you know, when you hear things like they wouldn't give them the time to make the game, you know, finish the game, really, um, with tight schedules and issues like that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like Square Enix has been in a bad place as well. You know, me and you have issues from what we're seeing with Forspoken. Like, I don't even know about their future anymore. We talked a little bit at the start about Final Fantasy 16. I have issues with the fact that it, blatantly reuses assets from the multiplayer fall fantasy 14 game um i don't know it's just you know, kingdom hearts 3 we could bring up so many and like it hurt this one is personal hurt because i just have a deep uh lineage with uh square games when i was a child yeah, square uh, soft yeah back then so yeah it's no i i think uh, like that quote speaks loud and I, I agree with the quote and I agree with everything you said. I We've definitely said for a long time, Square Enix has lost its way. And it's mm -hmm. very clear in the products that they're pumping out. I'm not going to say every single game is affected by this because there are some of the smaller, smaller games that have been quite good. And I'm not talking the games that are like the AAA ones that they expect and want to do good. So um, it's disappointing. Uh, I agree with you in the fact that I don't think Balan Wonderworld was ever going to be like top tier game. I don't think it was ever going to hit that. Um, it's yeah. interesting that he mentions how like Sonic the Hedgehog originally was like pretty much insta death, except they added in a, a feature at the end where if you had a ring, you could take the, you could tank the hit. Like that's a pretty big game mechanic <laughs> yeah. that was added last minute, but. I, I don't think Balan was ever going to have a, a simple game mechanic change that mm -hmm. would flip the whole narrative of the game and make it good. I, I, it, I, it was just never anything that interested us. And I, I think we 
we knew that right from the beginning that this was not going to be amazing. And I think when they started advertising it too was probably in the midst of all these issues he was having with the game. So I don't know. Square Enix is it's it it does almost physically hurt us, and I say us because it's definitely you and me because we the love we have for some of the the history of Square Enix and SquareSoft. Yeah. So it's like I want them to succeed and I want them to do well. And the shitty thing is, is they are still doing okay because they make so much money on the people who are playing the the few things that do have the microtransactions. They're spending their life yeah. savings and keeping the company afloat with these games. But yeah, no, it's it's disappointing. Uh I feel for the guy and uh yeah. Square Enix, just just do better. I don't know much about our zest. I would actually have to look them up. Not too sure where their involvement is. But uh yeah. Square Enix. You're the you're the the name at the top of every game that you turn on and you're definitely you've you've lost your way a long time ago. And it's just we keep seeing the results constantly. Uh, so then we're going to move on to a smaller news article that I don't think needs that much time, but I do think it needs a little explaining because there's people online that are quite confused about what this is. And I think this updated story will help clear the air. Sony's game preservation team may not be quite as exciting as it sounds. This one comes from Push Square. So initially, Garrett Friedley or Fredley took to social media to announce his new role making mention of his new department at the platform holder. Today is my first day as a senior build engineer for PlayStation, working as one of their initial hires for the newly created preservation team. He explains that preserving games was his initial passion and that he's glad to be moving to this role having gained experience elsewhere. Let's go and ensure our industry's history isn't forgotten. Okay, so then... After that was released, people kind of took it, ran with it, got a little maybe too hyped about it. And then we found out later uh, he reiterated and kind of updated people on what that actually could mean. And uh, so we'll let Chris read the update. The senior build engineer has provided a link to a GDC talk he held a few years ago discussing his preservation work at EA. In it, Fredly or Friedly explains what this all actually means. In very basic terms, preservation is the process of ensuring all aspects of a game and its creation are not only archived properly, but kept in a state in which it could feasibly be restored and brought back in the future. Obviously, he goes into much more detail in the video, but that's the gist. It seems like an incredibly complicated and technical job. Friedly responsibilities at PlayStation are similar, although larger in scope, he says. We imagine that he and the other preservation staff will be working to archive Sony's back catalog, but not necessarily for redistribution. It's impossible to know at this stage. Uh, he signs off by saying he's unsure if he'll be involved in emulation of any kind. So this seems like an interesting job and probably a necessary job because there's, there's times in the past where we hear um, some of the older games out there, obviously, where you, you find out they don't have the base code for a game anymore. It's been lost. They don't know. It's on a USB keys floating in somebody's basement. And there's those, um, what are they called? I don't remember the term, but there's like gold CDs for some things that were accidentally like mailed to people when they ordered games. And those were like, had the base code of the game and stuff like that. So it, this definitely is a necessary job because you don't want those processes because there's times where it's like, they want to look at remastering a game. But you don't, for some reason, nobody kept track of the code or lost it. So this seems like a, a very necessary job, if I haven't said it already. Uh, and I'm interested to see if we actually hear much about it. I feel like this is something that's going to just be behind the scenes and we probably won't hear about it again. But uh, I'm not sure. What about you? Do you have any thoughts as to... I don't think we're going to hear much about this, to be honest. It's like... No, I don't think this is as big as people kind of thought it was going to be i think more people took the original stories mm. like oh we're going to get more emulation uh more work towards maybe the ps3 patches that would get us off of emulations uh or onto a proper emulation not uh streaming i guess is what i'm trying to say now it kind of sounds like it's more as what i think need like and i think this is still necessary but it, it's going to be the proper steps to secure that we don't need to deal with this baloney in the future yeah and so it is still necessary. I just don't think it's as like hype 
news as people initially thought it was. It's like so, the Disney vault. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just it need this needs to be, and I'm glad they're doing it. I guess better late than never, but uh, it's just yeah, it's not as like when I read this earlier in the week, I I would guess I would I count among those who kind of took it as something. It yeah, wasn't, we would ex- and- we took it as like. We were going to expect to see some sort of result or a product at the end of it where mm-hmm. it's not. It's, I mean, they're, yeah, preserving the games. Uh, at some point, maybe they'll open the Disney Vault and re release a game or an updated remaster of it or something. Still absolutely necessary. Still glad this is happening, but it's just, uh, I think we all need a little check apparently this week. So, anyway, we're going to move into our last article, one that I barely made into the show because I'm an idiot and it's, Probably, in my opinion, the most important one. I think this is fairly important. PlayStation Plus game trials will be required for games priced $34 or higher. This one comes from VGC. Sony will require some developers to offer limited game trials to PlayStation Plus premium subscribers, it has been claimed. According to game developer sources, new games that cost more than $34 uh, will be required to have a time-limited trial that must be at least two hours. The site says the new policy won't be retroactive and will not apply to PlayStation VR titles. Developers will be allowed three months following the release of their game to release the time trial. These trials must be available to players for at least 12 months. It's also claimed that Sony will consider releasing traditional game demos for titles as opposed to two-hour trial, but that it will be decided on case-by-case basis. Sony has offered time-limited trials for free weekends for its games in the past, but these are typically used as a marketing tool to regain some interest in the game following release. It's unclear whether all publishers will be beholden to these new rules, uh, but either way, Chris, this stirred up a lot of controversy online. Uh, I feel like there only seems to be two parties, and the first party is that this is uh, outlandish. How dare Sony put this much extra work on publishers and studios? How dare they try to force a market and then there's the second half that are like, no, and, and maybe one that I'm leaning a little more towards, which is games come out broken more often than not nowadays. Like, that's just, in my opinion, that's fact. And I feel like this is a move that would help us, the consumer, see if these games are worth buying. And I think this is actually one of the most, I, I feel like this is one of the biggest reasons that is pulling me towards getting um the premium subscription service um or the premium tier because i i feel like you know me and you talked about how like would i like death stranding would i like returnal like some of these games i know it's a risky business i know there's going to be some things about those games that won't speak to me and you know would a two-hour game trial help me so anyway I don't know which camp you feel like you're a part of, Chris. Yeah, I think for me as well, uh, Like, here's how I, I break it down in my head is there's the, going to be the games that I know I'm going to buy. Like, I already know I'm buying them regardless of if there's bugs and what's whatnot. I, I know I'm going to be buying this. If anything, I think this is a good marketing option because it'll give me the opportunity to play games that I'm on the fence about. Like, do I want to commit my time to this game? I'm not sure. So having the option to have a two-hour trial of a game before having to spend 34 bucks, $60, whatever the game ends up being, I think that's a better option to give people that opportunity. As far as, like, putting the extra work on the publishers and the developers, I don't know, is there? Like, I, don't, I haven't played a lot of game trials, like, currently, because are, they are out there. But is there much work of putting a timer into the game and then just having the game t- turn off after the two hours? I-, I don't understand how that's like super critical. Like you're not taking features out of the game or anything in that two hour trial. You're playing the game just with a timer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much work that falls on the game developers for putting that in. Uh, to me, it doesn't. I don't think it takes that long. Like it seems like Sony could provide that technical aspect for the developers is like oh here just put this code in your game and that's a two-hour timer right there boom 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 so i i don't i'm not in the side where it's like this is going to be awful for them um the the only people this is going to hurt 
well, it's not even going to hurt them because I was going to say this is, would hurt indie developers, but that's why they put that $34 price limit on it. It's because most indie developers, their games are going to be less than that price. And I, the reason I pick on the indie developers is like some of the indie developer games are not typically long games. So then, you, you know, you get that feeling that it's right. not going to be like, I'm not going to miss out on the experience because, you know, I played the game for two hours and I'm already 70% done the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I think it's a positive. What's the alternative? What is like Xbox? I mean, with their game pass, you get the game for free forever. Like, like I think they have game demos and game trials on game uh, on Xbox. But I mean, you just get game pass and the game's pretty much free no matter what the price is. That's the alternative, right? So I don't know. To me, it seems like a good thing. I think this is going to actually make games sell better, probably. Because like I said, I'm going to play a game for two hours that I was on the fence about anyway. It's not going to stop me from buying something that I already know I'm going to buy. So, Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I do understand some arguments. Like, for me, the first game that popped up that it would be hard to do a demo for or a game trial would probably be like something like Cyberpunk uh, 2077. It pops in my head that I'm like, yeah, maybe the first two hours uh, wouldn't be as fun, not as open. You wouldn't get the feel. But at the same time, I'm like, but that is the true first two hours. Mm-hmm. So do you spend all this extra time developing a little slice of the game later in the game, like we've seen demos do before? And maybe that's a better option, but I guess it's going to be on a game-by-game basis. Um, some games I think are totally fine. Actually, my counter-argument would be Koi Tecmo, that we, uh, their Stranger of Paradise game, where we heard the second demo that came out, you could actually not only play it, but your data would stay and you could actually continue on if you bought the full game in at release. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, but, and I agree with you, Chris, in that scenario, it's, it can't be that hard. And on top of that, we know then like maybe they could do a little more incentivizing and be like, yeah, you can just carry forward because we started you at the base of the game. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I don't know if that sells your games, but, you know, this is where it's consumer versus corporation. And my argument is like, yes, there's a lot of broken games. And I have a conspiracy theory that that's why we lost game demos. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the PS3 days, like the early PS3 days, demos were a huge deal. I mean, and even before that, honestly, like I remember when we were getting discs sent in our magazines and you got a demo disc and you're playing all these demos. Demos were always a big deal because people weren't buying games as much as we were now. The, you know, the medium was smaller. And I just feel like the reason we lost these demos is because we were getting more and more broken games and they couldn't either. They didn't have the time to make a demo or they knew if they released a demo at the current state, uh, we would be privy to uh, some of the baloney in the back background. Well, right? And even in my head, I'm thinking they could incentivize it even more. Like if there's games that are like, like I say on the fence where it's, what if you play that two hour trial, but at the end of the trial, they say, okay, because you completed the two hour trial, if you buy the game, we'll give you these extra cosmetics or something like that. They could incentivize people with that tool as well. So I I think now, okay, what about the people who bought the game? They don't get that cosmetic, but whatever, there's ways that they could introduce it back into the game if normally. But to me, I feel like there are options to make it, more sweeter for people who spend their time on those game trials so i don't know i'm interested to me like the big seller is like like the one that you say where it's like i play the two-hour trial if i decide to buy the game i could just continue right where i ended in the trial i like that way better than having to go through that two-hour thing again so yeah yeah interesting and like i don't know i agree with you like the only people i'd be concerned at trying to take myself out of the equation would be the indie developers but and like maybe people don't want to hear this but it's like then maybe charge 33 dollars 33.99 i don't know and then you don't have to deal with this and i i get a lot of people be like well you know like they're working just as hard like maybe they deserve 40 50 dollars maybe and it's like and if your game's so short that you're scared of giving a two-hour like slice of it then i don't know if it is worth you know that 40 50 dollars yeah so, like even like you know, know, the, just came to mind was like telltale games 
like if there was a two hour timer on those, mm. uh, that's pretty much the first episode for free. Now, thinking yep. back, the first episode does tend to be free for a lot of those games anyway. They, they want you, f- they want to hook you, right? So that very first episode does tend to be free for a lot of them. And then they get you to pay for the rest afterwards. So it's, it's a lot of game companies are kind of already doing it, but they've had to do it them like their own way. So yeah, just yeah. one that came to mind. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. Like I said, I'll keep going back to Cyberpunk. And if we would have had a demo of that game, I think it would have saved a lot of people. Oh, initially? Hell yeah. Yeah. So I think it, it can be a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. But I, I think this could be really positive as well. But I guess only time will tell. But anyway, we finished all our news articles. Uh, doesn't look like we have any review roundup this week. Um, turns out no games came out of importance, according to Metacritic, at least. So that means we'll just move right to homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through everything that happened this week. So we just give you article headlines where you can find those articles, and then you go educate yourselves. So this week, we're going to start with Cat Adventure Game Stray set for summer release on PC, PlayStation. This one comes from VG247. Uh, you know, looking forward to seeing more of that. Uh, that one's been delayed for a while. Epic Games might have revealed Uncharted Legacy of Thieves is coming to PC this June. That one comes from VG247 as well. Ubisoft shuts down online multiplayer services for 90 of its older games. Uh, this one comes from VG247. And we're talking about, like, old games. Some of them even possibly mean PS2 games. Sifu is getting more difficulty modes. This one coming from IGN. Warzone Season 3 update caused Virgin Media's biggest gaming traffic spike on record. This one comes from VGC. People were hungry for more warfare, apparently. Well, I I would Uh, say it's the update itself because you have to probably re-download the whole game because that's how Warzone works. Buzzinga. Touche. It's been a while since we zinged them. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you needed it. it. You need to remember where your place is. Uh, PS Vita's worrying PS Store issues all removed. This one comes from Push Square. Uh, basically, that one's just talking about how we had uh, some people reporting that they couldn't download Vita games and it would just say uh, not available. Basically, uh, it's resolved. So everyone calm down. Let's put our tinfoil hats away. <laughs> Next gen PSVR 2 announcement from End Dreams incoming. This one comes from Push Square. Infinity Ward confirms what everyone knew. This year's Call of Duty is Modern Warfare 2. This one comes from VG247. Ghost of Tsushima merch now being sold in actual Tsushima Islands tourism shop. This one can be found on Push Square. That's awesome. And Sonic 2 is now the highest grossing video game movie of all time in the US. This one comes from VGC. I must be getting that kid market because there are better video game movies. Not that I've seen Sonic 2, but I saw Sonic 1. It was good, but... Okay, guys, we got through everything in the show. We got through all the news, all the homework, so that means we are done for this week we just want to thank you for joining us yet again for another week we appreciate it your time's your most valuable currency the fact that you give it to any of us just humbles us deeply so until next monday we're just going to say goodbye bye guys